You're listening to the Conversations with Kids Peace podcast. Advice, information, and inspiration from experts at the leading provider of mental and behavioral health services for children, adults, and those who love them. Now, here's your host. The Conversations with Kids Peace podcast is sponsored by Spyglass Solutions, a nationally recognized management consulting group with comprehensive experience in the challenges of the healthcare field. Learn more at spyglasssolutions.org slash conversations. Hello and welcome to our podcast series, Conversations with Kids Peace. I'm Bob Martin. May is National Foster Care Appreciation Month, and we try to do something in our communications to celebrate and add some inspiration and some information about this very important service. Now, two years ago, 2019, we celebrated the 40th anniversary of Kids Peace uh, beginning its foster care services, and we did a number of um initiatives that talked about the future of foster care. Well, spoiler alert, none of us said anything about a pandemic and closures and all the things that have gone on there. So for this Foster Care Appreciation Month, we wanted to talk about how foster care has changed in the past year and perhaps has changed pretty much forever as a result of COVID in the post-COVID-19 world. And to do that, we're very pleased to have two of our great experts with us. Brian Hofstetter is a family resource specialist for Kids Peace Foster Care in our Bethlehem, Pennsylvania office. Hello, Brian. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. And Jessica Mendez is state manager for Kids Peace Foster Care in the Commonwealth of Virginia. She's based in our Richmond office. Jessica, great to have you with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bob. All right, wonderful. Jessica, I'm going to start with you. Uh, because I want to start at the beginning of what is our process in terms of foster care, which is recruiting families to become foster families. What, in your mind, are the most significant changes that the pandemic brought to how you accomplish that particular task? Sure. I mean, some of the things that have changed is the the fact that we can't have in-person orientations. Um, Usually, at the beginning of our process of recruiting families, we like to bring them into the office, sit down and get to know them. Um, I know for our office and I know for a lot of our other kids piece offices as well, we're big into family, right? So when we bring in another foster family, it's about adding them to our extended family as well. So we like to sit down with them and get to know them. And that's, that, that's been a struggle is we haven't been able to have that in-person meetings with families because of the pandemic and trying to limit contact and that sort of thing. Um, we've also had a little bit of trouble with um, connectivity, so internet connection for some of our families uh, that live in more rural areas and, and that sort of thing. So we've had to kind of, you know, make some some changes with that. Can, can you talk a little bit about what what the what the changes you just mentioned are? Like, what did your team have to do to overcome these new barriers? Well, our team has been very, very flexible, as has a lot of other teams. Um, Our team is also very authentic. So some of that they didn't actually have to make changes to. We we thought it was going to be more of a barrier than it was, where, you know, you're sitting behind this computer screen trying to connect with people. Um, And again, our, our, our team is very authentic. So they thought going out to the foster home or the potential foster home, right, the applicant's home for that first initial 
home safety check or, or one of their home study visits was going to be quite awkward jumping in and, you know, talking to someone that they've never really met almost. Um, but they've turned out to be quite easy. You know, our families, they were like, oh, I thought you were going to be, you know, this was going to be a struggle, but, you know, this it's like I've known you forever. Um, we've also had to change the way we've done some of those home visits. So we've uh, done visits outside, um, especially when it's nice outside like today. Um, it's a beautiful day outside. So you sit out on the front porch and talk to people. It's almost like, you know, many, many years ago where you would sit out on the front porch and have a cup of iced tea with them and, and just chat. So, you know, they've been definitely very, very flexible in how things have been um, delivered. So it's been awesome. I should point out myself and Brian are in the uh, in uh, southeastern Pennsylvania now, and uh, we have very sunny skies and a, and a balmy 42 degrees out here. So perhaps <laughs> it is. But that's really good points about just trying to get over those hurdles and get over those humps and, and make those connections. Brian, I, I want to talk with you a little bit about <clears throat> the, the foster parents that are already caring for kids in the system. Uh, much of your job is working with them. How did the pandemic affect them specifically? Oh, I think the pandemic affected our foster parents the way it affected every, every family. You know, all suddenly we're all dealing with, you know, shutdowns and homeschooling. And really a challenge. Uh, some of our families were uh, our essential workers. So again, for them to have to go to work and still try to find supervision and guidance for the kids was a challenge. A lot of support, you know, daycare centers after school programs weren't available. So again, it was trying to find them extra help and support there. We really tried to check in regularly with our families. Uh, I know one of the things we did was kind of weekly send a little update, giving them some recommended websites and things to kind of take their minds off the issue. So, you know, visit this site for a virtual museum tour or um, different things like that there. The other issue was, you know, for our families that didn't have children yet placed with them, some of them were unable to accept new placements only because of their changes in work. So I think we were all trying to figure out how are we working, how are we taking care of ourselves, and then you throw in being part of a, a foster care team and taking care of children, and that, that presented extra challenges. Were there particular things that you had to do yourself to you know accomplish the tasks that you need to do to be able to support these families? I think we all kind of made adjustments to how we, we reach out to families, um, you know, phone calls, making sure people knew how to get in touch with us. We weren't working from the office. You know, they couldn't just call up. You know, we had to let them know, OK, here's the best way to reach me. Um, here are emails. Just the learning the whole Zoom process for families. Um, you know, yeah, we want to reach out to you. Let's do this by Zoom. We're I'm in my place safe. You're in your place safe. And. Let, let's make it happen that way. So we were all kind of learning there. I mean, the times where we have to go out to the homes to, to see children or do safety checks. Again, if that couldn't be done virtually, you know, we had to do the health screening, you know, check in, how's everybody feeling? Any symptoms, any signs, you know, suggest testing. You know, recommend testing. If somebody's not well, let's make sure everybody's safe. 
Yeah, I, I should point out that there were a lot of great uh, work done by folks like yourself throughout our foster care operation to incorporate the question of health, the question of safety um, into, into our relationships with our foster uh, families. So, Jessica, we always remind people, and I think it's very important to always remind people, that the desired goal of fostering if possible, is reunification with birth families. And a number of ways that we help to accomplish that involve communication and contact and and being together. As Brian has just said, a lot of those things, which they've been made more difficult, right, as a result of the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it, it, it was very interesting at the very beginning of the pandemic where a lot of our team were concerned about those reunification processes and how that was going to be affected due to the pandemic, especially in that very beginning of trying to figure out what the pandemic was, like what the longevity of it was, Um, trying to scrounge around for PPE in order to do those visitations safely, not only for our kids, but for the biological families, but then also taking into consideration the foster families that those kids were going back to now being exposed to more people, um, you know, and whereas some of our foster families are um, immunocompromised or, you know, have high risk um, things in their home. So they, they were very cautious of it, but at the same time, they, as anyone will tell you, our foster families are the true heroes in this where they, you know, definitely put themselves last. And they made sure that our kids were still getting to and from visitations. They were still, you know, opening up their homes virtually, which, you know, in a lot of previous reunification processes, biological families would never see a foster home, right? Or where their children were living because they were just on the telephone or out in the community or in the biological family's home. Um, And foster families, were flexible, you know, they, they made those amends in order to, to make sure that the children in their home were getting the support that they needed with biological families. Um, and now that, you know, PPE has come more uh, available to everybody, um, the numbers of COVID have been going down, people are getting vaccinated. We have been able to start doing in-person visitation with our families and, and our, their children, uh, which has been great. Um, and I could definitely see that ongoing of, you know, instead of just making phone calls to our, to the biological families, let's, let's Zoom, let's do FaceTime, let's, at least they can see what all's going on and or meet the, the foster family because that's, Pre-COVID, there was sometimes where biological families didn't even know who their children were staying with and felt uneasy about that. So I think that's been a great turn turn of events. And that is very important, obviously. Um, and and I think you know we've heard from folks who've talked about you know sometimes when with the with the Zoom option, you're actually able to incorporate. Uh, even more of the family members. I, we had a story in Healing Magazine last year about um, uh, being able to do that and incorporating a, an uncle who turned out to be a very pivotal part of getting through the various uh, the various uh, barriers that were coming about with the reunification. So I think that's really good. Um, we said reunification being the goal. It is not always possible. Um, and so we look at the other end of that, which is you know, um, finding a forever family for a kid through, through adoption. 
I, I am really fascinated hearing some of these stories about how that process has changed as a result of the pandemic. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I would say for our families that have kids in their homes, foster kids in their homes, that they are open to adopting, that that process hasn't really changed, right? But it's been our new, um, our new families that are looking to adopt through foster care um, and that are open to new placements that parental rights have been terminated on and, and those kids are looking for forever families. Um, those have been a little bit of a struggle um, during the pandemic at times where our families are unable to do like those face-to-face pre-adoptive visits or pre-placement visits to gauge the compatibility of the child with the family, the family with the child. Um, and they haven't really been able to do overnight visits in the foster home to make sure that, you know, they get along with the, the family pet. Um, they get along well with the other children in the home because they, even when they are able to do um, face-to-face visits, a lot of times it is limited to one or two people um, together rather than, you know, bringing the whole family to the park to play and that sort of thing. So that's kind of been a struggle, um, especially here at KidSpace. I know we, we focus a lot on good matches, right? Because we want to limit the amount of times kids have to move from home to home to home. So that positive match and that good match at the very beginning of of pre-adoptive placements is huge for us, making sure that, you know, it's very compatible prior to placement um, for that forever home. So I think that's kind of been a little bit of a struggle, Um, but with everything else, we've been flexible trying to make it work as much as possible, so. Ryan, in some of the uh, exchange of information we had prior to the the taping here today, you noted something I thought was really important. You said that one response that you've taken in, in needing to overcome the impact of COVID-19 is more support for the birth families. Can you expound on that a little bit? Sure. Like I said, the pandemic really has affected a lot of families and especially these birth families, um, putting more stress on them, given their, their situations already. So again, they were running into lack of services. How do I get help that I need to get my children back? You know, the courts have been recommending ongoing parenting classes. Well, a number of places were shut down and not offering those type of things. Um, You know, substance abuse screening um, wasn't able to be done. So again, it was really helping families kind of identify what's out here in the community and keeping on top of that. As we heard of people opening up, doing more virtual type things. I know Kids Peace Outpatient Services here Uh, was a big part of kind of making sure kids were okay and making sure families were okay. So it was kind of, you know, guiding them to, you know, these are the resources out there. Conversations with Kids Peace is sponsored by Spyglass Solutions at spyglasssolutions.org slash conversations. Spyglass offers evidence-based consulting services to help your healthcare organization become more efficient while delivering more positive outcomes for your stakeholders. Spyglass consultants bring hundreds of years of collective experience to bear on the questions you need answered in today's healthcare environment. To find out how they can help you, visit them at spyglasssolutions.org slash conversations. That's spyglasssolutions.org slash conversations.
Let me let me ask you both this question, kind of put you on the spot here, because um, I, I think it's something as we look at the post-COVID world, which we are all hoping comes sooner rather than later. Um, I'd like to ask you both to, to think about whether you see any of the adjustments that have had to be made in the foster care operations stemming from the pandemic becoming permanent changes. I, did we uncover any silver linings in helping the kids and the families through foster care as a result of our experience over the last uh, year or so. And Brian, why don't you take that one first? Okay. I think the, the whole recruitment process of bringing families in to be foster parents, you know, we, we realized we need to be flexible. Um, let's not just stick with what worked in the past. You know, if we need to do, you know, trainings by zoom, visits there, kind of meet families where they are, you know, we need to stick with that and meet their needs. So I think that's kind of kind of sticking with us here. Uh, the pandemic gave us a chance to kind of pause and reevaluate the training that we offered. So again, we were able to um, redo some of our, our pre-service training for our families here in Pennsylvania, you know, over the past year. It's like which, which port, which topics are important. We need to know about resiliency. We need to give families more about attachment and trauma. So we, we've, we've been able to, to look at our training and really prepare families better. And I think our whole um, method of recruiting families needed to expand. You know, we're not out at those community events because they're not happening. So how do we get the message out, you know, through social media, you know, word of mouth, um, we need, we need to, to step up and look at those. And I think that's going to be a part of where we go from here. That's true. That's true. A lot of those things, we don't know if how many community events are, are, are they going to come back at the same cadence, the same level um, after the pandemic is, is eased. So Jessica, same question to you. Any, anything in there you think is going to be uh, with us for, for the long haul after COVID is uh, in the rear view? Well, Brian, Brian took some of my ideas right there too, is, um, you know, the flexibility and training, you know, a lot of times we, some families struggle to get to that pre-service training because they have children of their own and need childcare. Right. And sometimes we can't always offer childcare. So I think that's definitely a huge one is, is being flexible in that manner. Um, but I also think, you know, in terms of services that our children are receiving, um, some of which are virtual will, probably remain the same, uh, especially those virtual therapy visits, uh, medication management visits, and that sort of thing where, you know, especially the med management where those visits are about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes long. Um, and sometimes families have to take off two, three hours of work. Um, you know, it's pretty nice to be able to do that virtually. So I think those are definitely some things that I could see continuing after the pandemic for sure. Okay. We, uh, we ask each of our guests on the podcast for a life hack, uh, favorite saying, bit of inspiration. Maybe it, I, uh, in, the, in the last one we had, somebody recommended that if you have an empty uh, ketchup bottle, fill it with pancake mix, and then you, you and the kids can have fun making shapes of pancakes. So, you know, anything, anything that gives some, some uh, guidance and, and support and maybe a smile for our audience. So, um, Jessica, I'm going to start with you. What's your life hack today? Sure. Well, I've got two for you then, Bob. I've got one. Uh, spend your money on experiences, not things. All right. 
Um, I'm big into travel, so got to live it up. Uh, my other one is a friend of mine who passed away many years ago. Um, she had a saying that said, you got to have a dream because you don't have a dream. How are you going to make one come true? So. Oh, that, wow. That is, that's great. Thank you so much. Brian, how about yours today? Um, well, I was giving some thought, I know with the whole pandemic, you know, it's been stressful for everybody and I've just been trying to practice more kindness you know, be kind to others. They're going through difficulties we may not know and be kind to yourself. Um, you know, don't don't have those high expectations. You know, you do what you can, take it day by day. I guess my life hack I have for parents is to um, surprise kids with kind acts. And one of the things we say is, you know, if children have chores, you know, maybe one day, just say, okay, you have a chore vacation day. You know, I'll take care of the dishes today. Um, you can have some time to yourself. So again, doesn't cost anything. Um, do that, put notes on, on, on their pillow, whatever. Just appreciate people. I think that's, that's some, as you say, that's something that we need to rec remember in all aspects of our lives. Um, kindness, uh, if, if that's one thing I, I hope comes out of the uh, pandemic is more recognition of the folks that we do depend on, more recognition of the people we share the communities with. Um, I do want to mention again, May is Foster Care Appreciation Month, and uh, uh, we appreciate you guys and all of your colleagues, and I certainly appreciate you being with us. Brian Hostetter is Family Resource Specialist for Kids Peace Foster Care in our Bethlehem, Pennsylvania office. And Jessica Mendez is State Manager for Kids Peace Foster Care in the Commonwealth of Virginia. She's based in our Richmond office. Guys, thank you again. Really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us as well. We hope that you'll join us again for more conversations with Kids Peace. I'm Bob Martin. Until then, take care. <laughs>